I had been hoping to speak to you today about saving Europe. The night is darkest right before the dawn, they say. But, I can see. That is not going to happen. What with these medications these past 12 or so years, I still can't even look at the camera, let alone make an epic changing speech. As the UN Migration Act arrives, as the Asia Bibi case reared its ugly head, as hate speech laws become more and more openly insane and humorlessly, bald-facedly brutal and misanthropic. And stating the obvious is decried everywhere as racism and bigotry. As the organized rape continues across the country. As the ideological and chemical brainwashing and stupefying of our young accelerates, and our own little boys and girls are forced to forget which one of the two they are. As infant genital mutilation, both in its already well-loved male and now new fashionable female varieties becomes increasingly popular. As the bloodshed increases in London and our other cities, attacks on us Jews especially become more prevalent, and, as if to add insult to injury, as even our puny, pathetic excuses for philosophy departments are quietly erased. All the while the public sits back and does nothing with not a single major commentator or political party calling for any eminent, radical action, except perhaps to instate the Sharia into domestic law, with the time never being so ripe for change, with our rulers only further cementing their stranglehold on power and having already virtually closed the deal, and yet still no sign of anything, any clear uprising, it's clear that we'd need a veritable second coming to save us now. So, pack up your bags, while you still can, and fly, fly, fly far, far away. To America, to Israel, to Russia, or to Poland. Perhaps there you will survive a few more decades. Guard your freedom vigilantly this time. Never suck up to authority, it will only get you in a worse mess. Do not allow them to drug up yourself or your children, though I don't suppose one can much stop them, much of the time. Don't worry, if it's any consolation the ones who did this to us, including yourselves, will not last long themselves either. They will be enslaved and destroyed by the same system they set in motion out of greed, cowardice, resentment and rank stupidity. They will not remain above the fray for long. The same drudgery they have inflicted on others will be returned upon their own children, x10. You can be sure of that. Only the very few at the top of the new Egyptian pyramid already mostly formed stand a chance, those who will have first access to the new technologies, technologies that will render the rest of us totally obsolete and therefore obliterated. With all the environmental crisis that the planet is undergoing, we shouldn't mourn the eradication of over 99.9% of humanity too much. Those who remain may have a chance to build something worthwhile on the ruins. Let us demonstrate, in our death throes, at last the noble transcendence of the petty egoism which got us in this situation by embracing what is to come and praying for a better outcome in that not-so-distant future for those few who remain, even though none of us will be among them. Besides, it is probably no better than we deserve. This is no worse than we ourselves treat the lesser animals, who also feel great pain. For the record though, the so-called white race did not create slavery, they merely were the first and only ones to abolish it. Now, we are so obliging, we reintroduce it, backed by popular demand. 21st century technological slavery, total chemical, ideological and electronic subjugation of the personality. Have your fill, folks. You voted for it, smiley face. The most dignified expression of which we are still now capable of is thank you, master. Let us humbly request the protection, the dignity, the security of having our servitude recognized, at least, so they don't suspect that we are dupes as well treating us with double the hatred and scorn of ordinary, respectable, legally recognized chattel, and all the added unpleasantness and artificiality in personal relations such hypocrisy and self-delusion creates. Let us still be grateful that we have this chance to exist at all. A small, bubble of life in a vast, echoing ocean of nothingness. Almost like how we used to feel about our own country, 
sneering face, remember those good old days? They don't seem so bad now, do they? They don't seem quite so intolerably racist and stiflingly homophobic, now, do they? Let us make an effort to truly exist and become conscious of our existence as much as we can, while it lasts. The fact that it will not last, just makes it that much more precious, beautifully fragile and touching, its finitude beckons us to care for and love one another with the infinite poignancy of mortal beings for one another. Furthermore, in our poverty and abject desperation for this world, we become closer to God and to the next world. If Jesus was still here today, and hadn't been butchered by those violent ideological and religious fanatics. Some things never do change, winking face, I think perhaps that is what he would like us to dwell on, while we tuck in merrily to those lesser animals I mentioned totally kosher, totally halal, totally industrialized first century b.c. murderous mayhem, now with an edgy high-tech, digital age twist. Mad, miracles a dozen, blessings to all. Disclaimer, the author is a mere mad poet, he cares little for politics or petty religious, tribal squabbles, seeking where at all possible only to subdue or better yet avoid them in the first place, rather than further inflame them. But, refusing to acknowledge they exist, so far from alleviating them, is tantamount, nay, it is actually the surest way, to promoting them. Just as any two-year-old could tell you, the surest way to making him miserable is to pretend he doesn't exist, neglect, let alone active repression, are far more effective ways to stoking rage and hidden seething, occasionally bursting out in huge fits of hate, rather than having the adult setting the tone for a more open and tolerant environment based upon the higher, more authentic respect of mutual and self-critique in which differences are worked out more rationally, healthily and enjoyably, a lesson for mothers, daycare centers, schools and states everywhere. You see, if those lesser animals could communicate better with us and hatefully stand up and tell us how much suffering we're inflicting upon them, we'd probably have a less hateful, i.e. overtly murderous, attitude to them, too. While one isolated act of speech may provoke annoyance in others, a general culture of freedom of speech tends to dramatically reduce antisocial acts and feelings and is the prerequisite of social, moral and even scientific progress. Letting someone else speak costs you nothing, while to forcibly prohibit them from doing so amounts to saying they have nothing worthwhile to add on a subject, since you already know everything on it, which is the extremity of hateful arrogance and bigotry and testament either to your own inability to control your own emotions, dupish presumption, and or desire to exploit others without anyone calling you out on it.